Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,151. It's important to do all of the necessary work at the front end because you know as you get further down the road, it's all going to pay off by doing your due diligence and focusing and putting your best foot forward. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tim Frost. Hey, Tim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. Tim Frost is the president of Frost Motorsports, consultants to the motorsports industry. He has over 20 years in the sports and entertainment industries performing feasibility studies, market demand studies, economic impact analysis, valuations, and financial consulting of motorsports facilities and motorsports industry participants. Tim has authored articles on a variety of valuation issues and speaks at local and national seminars. He has testified and been qualified as an expert witness in U.S. District Courts for arbitrations and depositions. He has lectured in the Masters of Arts in Sports Administration program at the School of Continuing Studies of Northwestern University, and he's the publisher of the National Speedway Directory and developer of the Track Guide mobile app. So, Tim, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion that you have for automobiles? Well, we uh, we work in the business of motorsports. We work in the financial numbers behind our great industry. We're fortunate enough to work with all forms of racing, whether it be dirt, paved, oval, drag, or road, and we truly enjoy and have a passion for everything that has wheels on it and goes fast. Absolutely. And before I jump into the questions, one of the things that I hear from a lot of guests, especially smaller entrepreneurs, business owners, is the money side of business. A lot of people get into the car hobby and then become professionals because they love cars and so forth. But the business side and then the finance side seems to kind of trip some people up a little bit. Sometimes it's not the fun part, you know, sending out invoices, collecting on bills, trying to figure out how to make the P&L statement work. Is that something that you help your clients with? I know you do at the beginnings with valuations and things, but have you come across that in the car industry in particular? Yes, we're we're one of the few people that specialize in the business of our industry. And what we're fortunate enough is to work with people that have a passion for the industry. And by specializing a unique skill set and working with varied uh, partners across our industry, uh, every day is something that uh, we truly enjoy. You know, I had a friend stop by this weekend. He has a Porsche and he was visiting in town and wanted to show it to me and he had some uh, cosmetic issues we were trying to correct and we were talking. He's had a very successful business for years and one of the things he mentioned was uh, the icky financial side of business. <laughs> he just doesn't like that and thankfully he's hired some really good people to help him with that side where he can focus on where his strengths are. So I would imagine that's a big part of what you do. You come in with your professionalism, your expertise and help those folks that don't have that skill set. So it can get them to the next level. Is that right? 
That is correct. And uh, again, um, where it is a passion, in order for people to really go and enjoy it, sometimes you really do have to focus on the business side of what we do and what drives everything forward. And without that, economically, it's not going to work for anybody. So yes, it's uh, not something that is glorified, but it is something that allows us to, uh, we have to focus and make sure it's in a line uh, because without the numbers, without the finance, uh, none of this would, would happen that we get to enjoy. Absolutely. I like the way you put that analogy in there, driving them forward. Very nicely done. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has been instrumental in your life and your success. I always say it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Tim, take the wheel. It's important to do all of the necessary work at the front end because you know as you get further down the road it's all going to pay off by doing your due diligence and focusing and putting your best foot forward. Absolutely. Uh yeah, getting that runway set up I always like to say before you jump in the plane and take off is also so important and a lot of people who want to maybe they're sidepreneurs, they want to get into the automotive industry and they have a main job I always say, make sure you have a nice, long financial runway in place before you jump into that, because it could take months or a year, a couple of years before you're really making any money or getting near to what you were before. And that can be a huge detriment to your success. So absolutely. Finding somebody like Tim to help you do that is really, really important. Well, let's talk about your passion for cars and go back and have you tell me a story that instigated that passion. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Well, a pivotal moment in our life was actually going and working on a project back in the mid-90s in the Motor City and working for uh, a proposed racetrack at the Michigan State Fairgrounds, a place that had hosted racing back in the late 50s for NASCAR, and going and working with the automobile icons of the Detroit area for a new proposed racetrack. And it was at that time that I realized that there are people that need to go and focus on the business side of the industry, especially when building facilities. But being able to work on a project in the Motor City was really what got me going and allowed me uh, over 20 years ago to say, this is a passion and this is an industry that I would like to uh, work in and dedicate my uh, services and time and efforts to be the best. Man, do you think about that 20 years ago? I hear you say the word 90s and I think, well, that wasn't that long ago. And then you go, wait a minute, it was long ago. Oh my gosh, time is flying by. But I think that's pretty neat. A lot of my guests who become successful have seen a uh, an area in an industry that needs help. There's kind of a void there. And uh, I think it's great that you saw that and you got to combine your passion into a career. And here we are, like you said, 20 plus years later, and uh, you're still having fun doing all this. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. No doubt you've uh, maybe run into a few bumps, speed bumps, or uh, some barriers maybe along the way that created a challenge or even a failure for you. Kind of walk us through one of those, if you would, because these are wonderful learning lessons that we can pass on to other folks that might be uh, coming upon the same kind of obstacles that we've had. Well, when working in the motorsports industry, typically most people's journey were it was a passion. And if they had the ability to uh, work in it, um, that would be their goal. And typically coming from a racing background, the biggest uh, challenge for me was not coming from a racing background or a passion deep. 
uh, entwined with the vehicles, but then learning and working hard with those people that had the knowledge and then developing the skill set and the set of contacts and, and the drive and the ambition to become the best in an area of the industry where nobody was doing that work. Typically, when working on with racetracks and venues, uh, that was being done at the for typical stick and ball sports, but really did not exist within the motorsports industry. And back then, you know, 20 years ago, many racetrack companies were going public, and it was important for me to go and meet those operators and follow it as they as they filed their initial public offerings. So really it was the business, the numbers and the finance side of our industry that was something that I had to learn. I had to go and create a knowledge base for that and then go and earn the respect of those people. And fortunate enough, I was able to go and work with a gentleman by the name of Chris Poop, the founder of the Long Beach Grand Prix and highly esteemed uh, Promoni for years and work with him as he built up and developed one of the first true multi motorsports venue at Gateway Motorsports Park and was working with him and following his vision and many others along the way that have allowed me to, you know, kind of be an outsider uh, within the industry because typically from a racing perspective, you had to be based in Charlotte for stock car and NASCAR or you had to be in Indianapolis uh, for open wheel racing. So again, being outside those two venues uh, can be a challenge, but it also gives you a perspective which I think is important to have as you uh, work in the business uh, of a specialized industry like motorsports. You know, we hear the term sometimes fake it till you make it. And that works in some areas. But for what you're doing, you're dealing with serious issues with money and valuations and proposals. And can this really make sense? So faking it till you make it, I would imagine did not work or would not work in your industry. So what are some of those first obstacles you faced when you approached people and said, well, yeah, I'm new at this, but I have the expertise. I have the background. What are some maybe a a couple golden nuggets you could drop to somebody that is working in a serious side of business? I mean, it's all serious, but I think you know what I mean. When it gets into the financial side, boy, you better know what you're doing. Well, yes, just as you mentioned, uh, when you work in a, a career in sports business or in motorsports in particular, typically your first initial position or your job is, you know, it's on what you know. That'll get your foot in your door and will allow you to go and proceed. But if you plan on taking the next step and advancing your career and climbing that ladder, it then becomes on what you know. And then you're evaluated on your performance and how you go through and do. And that's what's unique about the sports business because many people in motorsports, it is a passion and everybody wants to go through and do it. But really, it comes down to your reputation and it comes down to your work and your ethics and the type of that. Because if you do not go and conduct yourself in a professional and quality manner, um, the phone's not going to ring, the emails are not going to be done, or uh, the references are not going to be made. Because again, in a small, unique 
kind of closed environment, glitchy environment that we operate in racing and in car collecting and everything else like that. Reputation is everything. People go and speak. And if you've not uh, done that, then you do. So I think it's very important to really put your best foot forward, maintain your independence and be a quality, trustful, ethical person. You know, the other thing I think you've done really well, Tim, is when I go back and think about you've been your industry and then your profession and your business, you've been involved in a lot of different aspects, but they all tie the pieces together. I mean, you're an expert witness, you do speaking engagements, you work at uh, university talking, you publish the National Speedway directory. I mean, you've put your hands into a lot of things, but they're all related back to the financial and business side. I think that's a really important aspect of how you've proved to be successful. Would you say that getting involved in a lot of different things, but they all tie back is another key metric in your success? Yeah, it was when I looked at this industry and you look at certain things, depending on your skill set and what you do, if you can go and find something that everybody needs or somebody will value, uh, that's important. And again, it's important, you know, especially in today's world and for a lot of the younger people coming in is they talk about developing your brand and developing your reputation. That's one thing to go through and do and distress and to do it, whether it be through social media, but it really comes from within. It comes from with how you're going to conduct yourself and whether there's a difference between your professional self and your personal self. And what's unique about our industry, is those lines do cross. And because it is a passion and people want to go through and do with it, if there is a difference and if people sense something is maybe uh, not correct or they don't feel comfortable with, then that's something that, you know, may come to hinder your, your future development or success within the industry. So again, I think it is unique that, you know, you be yourself, but you be yourself and how you conduct it will allow you to, uh, progress your um, career in a passionate business like uh, cars and automobiles and racing. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because social media these days, which is very different than they were 10, 20 years ago, people see you in all different lights, in all different moments of your day and how you conduct yourself uh, on just say something as simple as Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Boy, one wrong move, one silly picture that you think is kind of a joke can be a detriment to your career. You have to be really, really careful. And I think you said it, be true to who you really are and maintain that and be consistent across all platforms if you're going to use those platforms. Because I see people posting things all the time through what I do on Facebook and I just go, oh, geez, you realize you just upset about half the customer base with that comment, whether it's a political post or it's just some maybe the use of foul language or I don't know, it might be something that you think is pretty innocent, but uh Yeah, be a professional at all times. Sometimes that people say it takes the fun out of things, but uh, you have to remember that stuff's out there forever. Let's uh, shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to talk about a career aha moment because you do a lot of different things, as I mentioned before. Is there one in particular that stands out that you feel really helped your career and pushed it forward? Um, When you work as a consultant and when you do things like that, one of the little sayings it says is you are an expert when you're more than 50 miles from home. So what was unique in doing that is when you provide a service and when you go and learn something with 
in our case, a lot of times we work with proposed racetracks that are out there. And you develop that uh, insight and you research capabilities in there. But we also have the ability to go and work with something that is existing. And you get a chance to see what is the actual performance of that facility. So by working with existing projects and with proposed ventures, it allows you to develop a little bit of credibility to be able to say and refine your expertise and your outlooks for those type of outcomes that may go through and do that. So what's important to do is your ability to work with new business and existing business and combine the two of them. And I think it's those experiences and those insights that allow you to offer the best capabilities to uh, to your clients, and also you develop as a newer per- as a better person uh, inside now. Absolutely, more rounded. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Is there a car in your past that really stands out? That first one that had great meaning for you. My first car was a 1980 Chevy Chevette. <laughs> okay. That was my car that allowed me with a four-speed manual and then being able to go and order parts off J.C. Whitney oh, to yeah. soup that car up, whether it be a front <laughs> air dam or Metzler tires or Coney adjustable shocks, something for a high school kid that not many people would want to go through and do. But um, that's what got my passion in automobiles. Unfortunately, YouTube exists and people do uh, still drag race those things. So that was my my special car for passions well before I knew that this was going to be a career. Yeah, interesting. Chevy Chevette. Yeah. And the four door even. So uh, that's cool. JC Whitney. I remember that catalog. I think they're still around today, but... uh... Yeah, I ordered a few parts from my uh, first car, which was an old Chevy Nova. So cool. Let's talk about seller's remorse because most people do have a story about a car they let go that they wish they had back. Is there one in your life? Well, following that theme of four-door wagons, it was a 2001 Audi S4 Avant Quattro. Oh, nice. That that was a beautiful car with uh, many parts from AWE tuning and everything. And I miss that car, but uh, having a man wagon was something that uh, s- still has driven my passion and um, uh, just just loving those all-wheel drive cars. A man wagon. I haven't heard that term in a long time. That's pretty good. I love wagons. I, I When we bought my wife's first SUV, I really wanted her to get a wagon, but she she's very petite. She liked the idea of being up high where she can see better. Uh, so we ended up with uh, SAV, Sport Activity Vehicle, I guess BMW calls them. But uh, yeah, I love wagons. I'd still love to get a wagon in our house. Uh, there's just something about them. You see a lot of them in Europe, very much more common over there. But uh, I was out driving a friend's uh, new Ford Raptor this weekend, and we came up behind a uh, an older BMW. Uh, I think it was probably E46 series wagon that just looked really nice. So those are great. Well, I would love for you to share what has you excited and fired up these days. Now, I know you and I originally met because you're the publisher of the National Speedway Directory, which is a really cool publication, something that I've used. You were kind enough to send me some copies I've used to kind of reach out to people to be guests on the show. And of course, you developed the Track Guide mobile app as well. Maybe you could touch a little bit on those and then other things that have you really fired up and excited about your business these days. Well, the National Speedway Directory uh, kind of is referred to as the glove box Bible. 
Yep. Um, it was started by our founder, Alan Brown, in 1974, pre-internet, pre-fax machine, and basically chronicles all of the tracks in the United States and Canada. It is something that is takes a lot of effort to go through and reach out and do for that. And so we're in our 38th year of publication. And uh, if it weren't for the efforts of Alan Brown and his wife, Nancy, many in our industry would not have the ability to to locate uh, racetracks as they travel around the country from circuit to circuit or take a racecation as they want to go through and see <laughs> motorsports like uh, at venues all around the country. So that's really a passion to everybody um, in that. And and with that, he's actually also gone and developed a great book called History of America Speedways, which really is it's not almost 900 pages with over 9,000 racetracks since 1900 that are listed in there. And it's it's a true reference book that many people at Hall of Fames and museums use to document the early history of racing around the country. So mm-hmm. those are two projects which really, um, what's very important about what we do and what the uh, in our industry is it's the history, it's the past, it's the preservation, which really is something unique to to cars and to racing. And, you know, with with those books, um, that helps people go and remember where they come. So that's really the excitement uh, to carry on that legacy of the Speedway directory and the history book that Alan Brown has done is very important to me and many others. When I got those, I couldn't believe how many race. I'm like, how can there's this many racetracks in the U.S.? I'm, oh my gosh! I just kept going. There's more and more and more and more. I mean, it's it's absolutely spectacular, and I love the uh, the historical aspect of where these tracks used to be. I know here where I live in the Pacific Northwest, there was some uh, great board tracks in Tacoma, some raceways that long since gone. Housing developments are there now, and you go, wow! I had no idea that this area had a history like that. So it's fantastic. Very, very cool. How can people get their hands on a copy of this? Well, the books are, uh, we have information available online at our website at Speedways Online. That also allows people to go and find uh, tracks or find uh, events that are occurring for them. And, you know, what's really important about our industry is there's so much racing that goes on. You know, there's actually approximately 1,300 tracks in the United States and Canada divided into three different categories, oval, drag, and road. About 60% of those tracks are oval. 20% are uh, drag strips and 20% are road courses. And it's about 50-50 between dirt and paved surfaces for those. So what's really unique about those, and if you look at the events that are out there, is there's annually about 15,000 races that take place around the country at all these different venues and almost seven days a week 365 days a year something's going on whether it be motocross karting uh, sports car track days uh, nascar races or indy car so racing is something that is really unique and you know you can find it wherever it is and you know head out to your local racetrack to either go and participate in it or to watch the cars go by racecations i i've this first time i've heard that term i'm trying to See how I could convince my wife to do a racecation. I have a feeling that wouldn't go over very well with her, but sounds like fun to me. Maybe one of my car buddies do a road trip and do a racecation. I like that very much. Having just come back from Laguna Seca last month in the Rensport reunion, watched the fabulous vintage Porsches run around that track. Yeah, it was like a vacation for sure. 
Well, Tim, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car or a vehicle in a garage, what would Tim be and why? You know, if I woke up, I would probably want to be a Porsche. It would be a Porsche Pan America wagon. That is oh. something that is unique. It's something that has uh, that's sporty, can carry all the gear, yet still be sleek and uh, practical. And uh, to be to, to have those qualities are something that I think everybody needs to get through the day and, and move ahead in life. You know, when I was at Mention Rensport again, they had those vehicles. They were giving people drives up corkscrew and around the track. Porsche had them all wrapped like some classic vintage race cars, the Pink Pig and GT1 car. I mean, they were just spectacular. And sitting in those cars, they would make a awesome touring car. I mean, they're just powerful, luxurious, wonderful. And the new wagon, of course, uh, room in the back for all your gear and helmets and race gear and luggage and all that fun stuff. So nicely done. They are fantastic cars. Well, Tim, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Tim, we are back and we're entering the last lab. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep your tank of gas full. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of that Raptor my neighbor let me drive yesterday. Holy cow, thing holds like 36 gallons of fuel. This is an expensive fill-up. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, due diligence. Yeah, absolutely. Be prepared. Isn't that the Boy Scout motto, I think? 
something like that. I remember back to my youth. Now, do you have a resource that you'd like to share to our listeners that you think has uh, been useful for you? I think the National Speedway Directory is a great resource for people that want to go through and find a find a venue uh, and locate where racing is around it as they can both watch and see them, but also give them a perspective on how important uh, racing and uh, motorsports activity are from coast to coast. Absolutely. Glad you said that. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would that be? Chris Pook. Oh, I think that's one of the first times I've heard that name. And explain to our listeners who he is and why. Chris is the founder of the Grand Prix of Long Beach. He's the, the, a true visionary on bringing street circuit to the masses, somebody that understands that event activation and providing uh, an area that people can go and watch the racing but enjoy themselves. So uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix is legendary and the one that has stand the, the test of time. No, I went to the very first one. I was a junior in high school, 1975, when they had the first Long Beach Grand Prix, uh, Long Beach Grand Prix. And I went to many races after that up there. It was just, it was the coolest thing. I kind of felt like at the time, wow, this is like having Europe in California. I mean, you just had that sense and that vibe. And of course, you think about 75, the famous people that were running back then that I got to see go around the track, um, icons in the, the racing industry. But I do remember back then, I was with a friend of mine and his dad. And, and I remember his dad saying, how on earth did this guy pull this off? I mean, just as a kid, you're thinking, who cares about the logistics? I just want to see cars go fast. But what it takes to put something like that on and the bureaucracies, the city, the rules, all the stuff that has to be done, I, I can't even imagine. Uh, and it seems like it's only gotten more and more difficult over time. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy? I think Moneyball by Billy Bean is uh, mm -hmm. something that allows you to take an industry that's based on passion, but look at it from a different perspective, see where the numbers and the analytics can drive that. And I think that is something that, uh, along with the movie, is uh, something that uh, I find very fascinating. You know, I'm smiling that you mentioned that because back earlier in our talk, when you were talking about the money aspect of business, that movie, that book came to mind because of uh, how they looked at the sport of baseball in a whole different light to become successful. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, great, great book, great movie, great fun. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Tim has shared with us today on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to the website, carsyeah.com, type in Tim Frost, and that page will pop right up. And this book, Moneyball, will be listed there along with over a thousand books that my past guests have recommended under the resources tab, guest recommended books. Uh, check it out. Really easy. Uh, there's incredible libraries there to build your automotive library in your personal home. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Tim, and this last question will be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there's just a couple rules of this game. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You got to drive it. No garage queens here. Uh, money's no object, though. I want you to enjoy this car and have it part of your life, so uh, what can I buy you today? I think a Porsche. 935 that has been put together and maintained by the legendary Bruce Canopy of uh, the Bay Area. 
He built some fantastic cars, and I think that's something that we all grew up with, that huge huge whale tail and something like that. So something in uh, in his garage would be uh, very special. You know, anything in Bruce Canepa's garage is special. Uh, he was racing up during Rensport and driving 935s. He drove the iconic uh, Golf 917. I mean, boy, can that guy drive? He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, of course. But yeah, Bruce could build you a very, very nice Vintage 935 race car and something that you can uh, take over there to Laguna Seca and uh, rip up the track with. So I've got Bruce's number. I'll give him a call, see what we can do. This is not going to be cheap, though, because Bruce builds the best of the best of the best. So you've got good taste, Tim. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. I'd be happy to park one of those in your garage. Well, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. Thanks for reaching out and for sharing your journey with the Cars yeah audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the racetrack in that 935 Porsche? Would take take the alternative road. Don't be afraid to uh, step into something a little bit different outside your comfort zone. Work hard and enjoy life. Well said. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? People can go and check us out online at speedwaysonline.com. And uh, also, to one of the best resources for anybody in this business is to check out Mark's website at Cars yeah, because Mark really does a fantastic job for all of us. And we learn from who he speaks to. And better yet, we pick up and absorb the passion that uh, he puts in for all of us for many years. So thanks a lot, Mark, for allowing us to be on your show. Well, thank you for those kind words. This is a real joy and an honor for me to get to talk to so many interesting people, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, which is exactly what you've been today, Tim. Again, listeners, you can find everything we talked about on Tim's show notes page at carsyeah.com. Tim Frost, just type that in the search bar and that page will pop right up along with the other 1,151 plus guests that have been here on Cars Yeah. Tim, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners and your kind words, of course. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. That's great. Thanks. See you at the track. You bet. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.